We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Welcome in, everybody. Welcome in. Sorry, it looks different. I tried to change the background, and instead, I got my own personal background changed, but not the uh, not the one in the background background there. So, this is the Broncos podcast. You're in the right place. You guys can give me crap. Tell tell Scott not to leave me because bad things happen. Um, but it's time for an episode of Broncos for Breakfast. I am Nick Kendall, joined by you guys today. Um, I am by myself. I guess I could probably take off my actual virtual background here because I don't need it. Um, my background is good enough here. I can't figure out the background behind the background, but hey, that's okay. Let's say hello to some people in here. Thursday morning show will be in and out a little quicker today because it's hard to run the show by yourself talking that much, although I've never had that much of an issue talking that much. Uh, but let's say hello to some people in the chat. Kevin Gray coming in saying, morning, Nick. Big high, mile high huddle salute to Broncos country. How's everyone doing this great Thursday? A little bit uh, frazzled, flustered, because I was trying to get this changed. I'm like, I frick got to go. My headphones weren't working, so I got these ones on here. So we're good, though. Uh, things are things are okay. All small problems. Morning, boys. For a team running, uh, for a running team, we le- got five to six legit receivers. If healthy, it will be interesting to see how the offensive balance shakes out. Jeremy, that's something that we've been talking about on this show. I know Scott has a lot too, but I'm I'm with you. I'm absolutely fascinated to figure out the the pecking order of the weapons uh, in this this offense with Sean Payton. How does it work out? Is it more Russell Wilson's preference driven? Is it more week by week driven? I mean, typically we've seen these Sean Payton offenses, at least my understanding from what I at least when I watch them is that they don't have, you know, a crazy plethora of weapons. They typically highlight three guys, you know, one wide receiver, one tight end, one running back or two running backs, one wide receiver, blah, blah, blah. But now you have Jerry Judy, you got Tim Patrick, you got Cortland Sutton, you got traded up second round pick in uh, Marvin Mims, you got Greg Dulcich, you got Javonta Williams, you got Samaj P. Ryan. I mean, just a lot of numbers uh, of guys. So we'll be fascinating to see how it plays out. I'm curious to see if that is a position that over time with Sean Payton, we see whittled down. Uh, maybe you see let some guys go. Maybe you trade some guys to uh, push in other areas, specifically the offensive line. I mean, that's been an area that Sean Payton really continuously addressed with the saints. Uh, but it's going to be fascinating to watch how it works this season. Um, how does it shake out? Uh, who becomes number one, who becomes number four of that group. It's I'm cannot wait uh, to see how it works out. 
We got our guy Troy Bauer coming in. You're in the right place, Troy, despite the black and yellow jazz basketball background <laughs> saying, hey, guys, we are so deep at wide receiver that I have to believe we are waiting for injuries in camp to decide whether to trade. Possible. If we have an injury, we need them all. If another team has one, then we get what we want in a trade. The other thing about the the wide receivers is that they're all under cost control for a number of more years. So if the Broncos don't get the value that they want in a trade, don't trade. I mean, keep, keep value wide receivers, a position where you run through a lot of those guys. And it's probably the, I think wide receiver value has jumped that of offensive tackle. They're just a good wide receiver is more singularly impactful for an entire offense than a singular singularly great offensive tackle. So I think that, uh, they're close, but there's an argument. I think the wide receiver maybe even has jumped cornerback uh, in terms of that value, in my opinion. So uh, that's, uh, I mean, they're valuable positions, no doubt. The, we saw this last offseason. There were not many highly touted, super highly touted ones in the draft, free agency as well. So I don't think it's wrong to hold on to those assets and, unless you get a deal that you want. But possibly, maybe somebody has an injury elsewhere and they're like, you know what? We need Cortland Sutton, or they see their wide receiver year two guy is not taking the step forward that they really were hoping for need to go trade for a guy. So going to be fascinating to watch There's a reason the Broncos were so rumored to be shopping, you know, Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. I think that's just because the depth they have there and because teams are looking for wide receivers. Thank you, Troy, so much coming in, supporting me, just me, not Scott today, Nick Kendall out here on the inside the jazz Broncos for breakfast podcast. I guess we're going today. Thank you so much, Troy Donald Willison, Jr. DWJ coming in. Good morning, Nick and Scott and fellow Broncos maniacs. Good to see you. Bama X and good morning. Good to see you. Um, we got Dave Glassman saying no Broncos being suspended for gambling. Looks like not right now, but, uh, hopefully that's the case. Maybe Russell Wilson wouldn't invite them to the, uh, you know, after church luncheon, if they were gambling or something, I don't know. But uh, none yet. Hopefully none uh, none the whole time. We'll see. Um, Mark Schrader coming in over on YouTube. Good to see you. Good morning from hot Texas. Sounds miserable, Mark. I don't really love the heat, but hopefully you are uh, staying cool and staying healthy. And God, I, I'm, I'm not dreading the 4th of July weekend, but it's supposed to get up to like the 90s here in Seattle, July 4th, July 5th, July 6th. We'll see if that holds true. Uh, but we have one air conditioner upstairs because otherwise it gets like 10 to 15 degrees hotter in that room than it is outside. <laughs> and that would be unbelievably hot. And we sleep up there, but uh, it's going to be pretty darn miserable here if it does get up into the nineties. So fingers crossed. We stick in the eighties. Christiana Roden saying good morning, Nick and Broncos country. Great to see y'all. Great to see you too, Christian. Hope you're doing well. We got our guy, Michael Ronquillo in the house. Good to see you, Michael saying good morning, Nick on Broncos for breakfast. Go Broncos and Buckham. Good to see you, Michael. Thank you so much for always coming in and supporting us. Cheers to you, buddy, man. We we really, you are one of the main drivers of the show. The fact that we can do as much as we can is because of how much you come in and support the show. And Troy's coming up. Troy's coming up on you too. Troy's been a pretty consistent uh, super chat, superstar giver as well. So shout out to both you guys coming in this morning, supporting me and Mile High Huddle, of course. Hey, Nick, what's good? From Tim Durr. Good to see you. Hope you're doing well. Um, Jeremy says, the guy behind the guy behind the background. I have no idea what's going on. I uh, tried to figure it out, but uh, we're here. At least it's black and gold, right? Go Hawkeyes. Everyone can agree with that. Maybe you can go buffs if you want, although it's more of a Hawkeye black and gold there. Uh, but uh, I digress. Broncos country. Let's ride. <laughs> Richard Miles. Good morning, Nick. Good to see you, Richard. Richard, man, I saw some incredible uh, Eagles over the last few weeks, man. I was down in 
can't talking about Richard for those listening to the audio format. Richard has an awesome uh, bald eagle in his profile picture there on Facebook. Um, bald eagles are nothing new for me in Iowa. I lived on a lot of like river areas, and there'd be you know twenty of them in a tree, especially in the winter time. They'd love to gather. Uh, but I was out on the Oregon coast, and I actually saw an eagle come in and swoop up and take away some sort of seabird youngling. And man, the birds were going absolutely nuts. And to see the eagle with talons, like a bird in its talons, fly off was unbelievable. I can't believe I didn't capture a picture of it. Uh, that was really cool. I mean, morbid, but cool. That's nature, right? Then I saw two eagles just flying back and forth between uh, sea stacks out on the Olympic coast at a second beach near La Push, And that was awesome. I also saw a sea lion out there on its back with the flippers out, like banging its chest. It was pretty damn awesome. Got it. If you guys have not been out to the Olympics, it is just probably the. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The coolest park in the country, in my opinion, just because it's so diverse. You got alpine, you got crazy forests, rainforests, amazing huge lakes, obviously giant mountains, and then the Olympic coast is just wild. It's so cool. Uh, David Youngkin coming in here saying, morning, Broncos country. Good to see you. Got our guy, Keith Brugman, coming in saying, good morning, Nick. New haircut? I think it's probably because I shaved my uh, my facial hair a bit that I look a little different here. But uh, no, the hair, I mean, it's, it's, it's bedhead right now because I wake up at you know, five thirty, and I uh, don't have really time to shower, but, uh, no new haircut yet. I should probably schedule one before all my big backpacking trips. So I have a little bit, uh, time. We have Scott coming in saying, have a good show. Also swing McLeod. Good morning. All Scott, Scott, I could not figure out the background. It says inside the jazz. I don't know what's going on. Help. <laughs> good to see you, Scott. Dom. Good morning, Nick in Broncos country. Just got back from LA was on vacation. I well, hope you had a great vacation there, Dom. Um, uh, so I really don't know what's going on. Join the crew, man. Join the crew of never know what's going on. Just the, the key is to smile and nod and say, yes, dear. Um, but uh, that's uh, <laughs> that's all good, man. Nothing too much. B.A.L. says, I read the other night that training camp starts July 28th, August 12th and 17th. Training camp's coming up. I guess the tickets are pretty much are already sold out. I'm curious to see how that works out, what the attendance is like. I don't know if Sean Payton's going to be too upset if the attendance is low, but uh, should be... 
Hopefully we get some good storylines and some good football. And hopefully everybody, God bless it, stays healthy. Let me bang the table a little bit more so you get you guys nauseous at home. Um, but everyone, we need some health there, man. That would be incredible this season. Austin H, what's good, Nick? Just chilling. We're having fun. I hope you're doing well. Domson, Nick, you look nice, buddy, with your haircut. I didn't get a haircut. I think, I mean, it's probably because of the big screen going on, wearing like a smaller sh- shirt. I I don't know. Uh, but uh, we're, we're here. We're living it. Hope you're doing well. Um, Scott's also watching a bloodbath in baseball. Hopefully your team is up 15 to zero uh, with Sean, but hope you're doing well. Um, ma'am, excellent. How do you stay engaged? I don't know if you're talking to me, but it's just, you know, you love it. Uh, unless somebody else got something going on. I don't know. Um, but, uh, love hanging out with you guys. Hope you're doing well. It's probably talking about the absolutely butt kicking of the baseball game. that's going on Pearl heater. Good morning. Good to see a Pearl heater. It's been a second. Hope you're doing well, Gary Palmer. Good morning, Nick and Broncos country. It'll be interesting to see how the wide receivers play out. I'm sure that's what you mean. Um, Pearl, what's working this weekend at Red Feathers Lakes, Colorado? Beautiful country. That's awesome to hear. Keith coming in saying, Nick, will you make it a training camp? I will not make it a training camp. I am pretty far away uh, in Seattle, but I will be making my way out there week seven, October 21st, 22nd. I, uh, the Packers game. I'll be out there for the Packers game. So that will be a, a great time. Uh, Gary Palmer coming in with a super chat. Thank you so much, Gary. Uh, says, hey, Nick, hey, I hope you have a great day. I hope you have a great day, Gary. Appreciate you. Saying go Broncos and Buckham. Good to see you. Reselling Adventures saying good morning, Nick. Maybe we need to hook up. I can resell some of my adventures that I've done. Um, but hope you're doing well. And Austin H says, Nick, this isn't Broncos related, but since you're a Cards fan, how about my Reds and Ellie De La Cruz? My Reds finally have some excitement about them. Man, they are on fire. It's good to see. I really hated the Reds when uh, Johnny Cueto blinded Jason LaRue and I had on that brawl. I mean, brawls start and then, you know, point fingers at both sides, but him pinning himself up and taking his cleats and hitting uh, Jason LaRue in the eye was pretty gross. Um, that was, uh, that was, I don't like the Reds from that one, but you guys, it seems like Taylor Cruz is a good guy. So that's, that's great for Reds fans. Lawrence Rivera saying, what's up, Nick? Summer is here. Lakes are full. Let's enjoy. Where are you at, Lawrence? I uh, hope you're enjoying the lakes as well. I will be hopefully getting up to some lakes here pretty soon. I have a, in about God, less than a month now, I will be I will be in the Sawtooth Wilderness in Idaho, and I have like a sixty mile backpacking excursion uh, mapped out. We're gonna hit like forty different lakes and hopefully catch a lot of trout. So hopefully that'll be a lot of fun. Hopefully we can stay safe. Um, Dom also coming in saying, if you haven't had a chance asking Nick, are you happy with the Hawkeye schedule? It's gonna be really tough in twenty twenty four, but uh, you know that's the, the Big Ten is gonna be really tough going forward. So it's a lot of good teams in there. A lot of some bad teams too, but I mean, USC, uh, Wisconsin with fickle out there. That seems like Illinois with Brett Bielema is really on the up and up. They're kind of a sleeping giant cause they could recruit really well if they wanted to. I mean, all their bordering, a lot of the big, huge metropolitan areas bordering that Illinois spot. So, and also Chicago. So Illinois is going to be interesting to follow Ohio state, Michigan, Penn state, of course. So yeah, it's uh it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. The Big Ten is going to be a lot of fun. Wild geographically, but a lot of fun. Uh, speaking of a lot of fun, we're going to talk today about the reemergence of a sleeping giant, so to speak, maybe, uh, in uh, Tim Patrick. Uh, recently, we had James Palmer join uh, the NFL Network crew, and uh, he was discussing the return of Tim Patrick. And maybe perhaps Broncos country and just the NFL at large has been sleeping on Tim Patrick uh, coming back to Denver. Obviously, Tim Patrick tore his ACL uh, the very first day of training camp last season. And that really, I mean, that set a 
a terrible course for the Broncos offense for the entire year. Now, would the Broncos offense have been top 10 in scoring if Tim Patrick was back? No, they finished 32nd last year, for God's sake. I don't think he's not out there. You know, he's not Justin Jefferson. He's not Calvin Anderson. He's not Julio Jones, Jerry Rice out there. But uh, he was reportedly uh, Russell Wilson's go-to guy uh, for the the uh, mandatory minicamp and everything. And the Broncos are really excited to see what was going to happen with Russell Wilson and Tim Patrick. First training camp practice goes out there. I think one of the last practices or one of the last reps of the day and a non-contact ACL injury done for the season. So that's all she wrote. It's too bad. Uh, Tim Patrick is probably the most physical and dialed in of the wide receivers. I don't want to use the uh, too much cliches, but you know, he's got that dog in him. So to speak, if any of them are those kind of like, you know, fighting type of guys that just take absolutely no crap. Uh, it's probably Tim Patrick. He's probably the most physical wide receiver they have. And they lost a lot of physicality last year. I mean, this Broncos team hate to say it, but overall specifically the offense. So damn soft, so soft, uh, bird crap soft, you know, so that's hopefully Tim Patrick coming back this year. Also with the additions of the offensive line, Sean Payton, this is going to be a much more chiseled team this year. They're going to play a lot more, uh, just a physical game, a lot tougher, got that dog in them as we, as the, uh, the meme likes to say. So Tim Patrick coming back and, uh, let's pull up here as I try to do it and talk at the same time, what James Palmer had to say about this all. So let's see if I can pull that up here. Are we doing great things? That looks pretty good to me. And make that, I don't know if I can even make that full screen for you. Yeah, well, you talk about this entire offense and all the different pieces that Sean Payton is working with and how this scheme is going to make Russell Wilson more comfortable, how the run game will make him more comfortable. I also look at the pass catcher he was most comfortable with heading into his first season in Denver, and that was wide receiver Tim Patrick. I know we talk about Jerry Judy. I know we talk about Cortland Sutton in this offense, but if you spent any time in training camp last year, it was Tim Patrick who Russell Wilson was building his chemistry with when multiple coaches would tell me he felt more comfortable throwing the ball to Patrick than any other guy on the field. And he tears his ACL in August, and Russell Wilson has this abysmal season where he goes through the entire year without the guy that he was maybe most comfortable with, Patrick. So with Tim Patrick coming back off the ACL, expected to be ready for week one, I've had multiple people in the building tell me he is the best football player in that wide receiver room. He might be a bigger boost for a Russell Wilson bounce back season, Patrick, than maybe we're leading on. We know the scheme plays a big part, the run game helping out Russell Wilson, but Tim Patrick was someone he was really, really liking before the injury. Yeah. So there you have it, guys. That's your show. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Tim Patrick, James Palmer. Shout out to James Palmer. He does an excellent job covering the Denver Broncos. Always appreciate the hair game when I'm on my point with not with bedhead, you know, kind of have the little little bit of volume there. So a shout out to James Palmer. Every time I've heard him, you know, or I chatted with him at the uh, combine as well. Really good guy. So always nice when some of those people are in those spots and also good people uh, as well. So shout out to James Palmer and that information about Tim Patrick. I will say he talked at the very end there. He mentioned to some people uh, he's talked to in the Broncos facility. I've mentioned Tim Patrick as the best football player in Broncos country. And from my recollection, you guys can go back on that, but there's been bits before. It might even have been James Palmer, where it was former wide receiver coach Zach Azani, uh, who had said that Tim Patrick uh, was the best football player in that wide receiver room. Zach Azani, no longer here. So we'll be curious to see what the pecking order uh, for that wide receiver group looks like and what the, uh, the new wide receiver coaches and just offensive coaches in general think of the wide receivers that they have on this team. Uh, but I, th I believe 
it was Zach Azani specifically quoted uh, as uh, or specifically mentioning that Tim Patrick was the best football player on the team. That doesn't necessarily mean best wide receiver, but a football player. So really will be big to get him out. And I'm curious to hear what your guys' thoughts are. I've, a lot of people have said that the loss of uh, the loss of Tim Patrick was the biggest loss last season that this team had. Personally, I believe given Russell Wilson's dependency on a strong rushing attack that the Broncos, what were they when they lost to the Raiders before Javonta Williams went down two and two? I, th- I mean, gosh, you have Javonta Williams healthy for the full season. I think they are the offense functions a lot better specifically down the stretch. I mean, you saw what we were doing with Latavius Murray, who is, you know, very much a single skill set, big body plotter at this point, uh, added a little bit more dy- dynamism uh, with somebody like Javonta Williams in there. And it should be better. Hopefully Javonta can be back. I mean, we did have questions a year ago about Javonta Williams vision and patience. We'll see how that looks like in this new offense, but, uh, Yeah, I think losing Javonta Williams was just as big, if not bigger than losing Tim Patrick from a skill set and player position, but maybe not from a personality decision or personality position. I mean, Tim Patrick, like we mentioned, he's very intense competitor. He is physical and he sounds like he's probably the leader in that wide receiver room. You know, he makes guys have to step up and compete. Uh, There's going to be some damn competition in the wide receiver room this year, obviously. Tim Patrick, Marvin Mims, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, the big guys. But there's also some young, interesting guys as well. I mean, everybody loves and should be pulling for Kendall Hinton. We'll see what happens with Jalen Virgil. Brandon Johnson, last season, uh, apparently he had a pretty good mandatory minicamp, so worth keeping an eye on uh, without a doubt. We have some more people coming in here saying hello. Uh, we got Angel Angel Reese coming in saying, or Angel Rocha, excuse me, saying uh, let's pray for a healthy season Broncos country. Is Angela Reese, Reese the LSU female basketball player who was just awesome and beat my Hawkeyes? I think so. Excuse me for getting your name wrong, uh, Angel Rocha. Appreciate you coming on. Indeed, let's pray for a healthy season for the Broncos country. Uh, we got Trevon Hodge coming in saying, mile high or nothing. Trevon looks like he's rocking a Tom Brady picture there. I'm not sure what's up with that, but uh, I'm okay. I'm with you with the uh, mile high or nothing all the way. Uh, we also got Angel coming in saying, Tim is a dog. He indeed is. Uh, Jerron Washington saying we got all our guys back, including Javonta Williams. Yes. And one thing that, uh, James Palmer did say that I think it's kind of been an assumption in Broncos country, but because of the depth that we have, we have a little bit of luxury. We being the Broncos, I don't play for them, but we, we can say we, the Royal, we, uh, Tim Patrick is expected to be back week one. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Expected. There's been a lot of, you know, hemming and hawing about Javante Williams and his timeline and how crazy it is that he might be back already. But uh, there's not a for sure thing that Tim Patrick is back week one. And given the depth of the wide receiver room, they can take it a little, the wide receiver room that they have right now, uh, they can take it a little bit slow um, early on. So going to be interesting to follow uh, to see what happens with Tim Patrick here. But the fact that he said he's expected, we have not heard 
too much about uh, Tim Patrick's timeline. It's just been mostly ho-hum. Oh, yeah, he'll be back. But the fact that it wasn't, um, he threw in the caveat of expected, at least made me raise my eyebrows a little bit. So you guys in the uh, chat, let me know. What do you think? Tim Patrick back? Uh, are you worried about that at all, given uh, what Palmer said there in that interview? I'm at least a little bit more cautious uh, with it because I just had been assuming he's back. But again, yeah, you never know. Spacious rift coming in here. It sounds like a, a tear in the time fabric continuum there. Um, but is there some huge like physics announcement coming today, like a pulsar uh, array measurement that they can like they're measuring gravitational waves? There's some weird, crazy physics thing coming out today that's going to be announced. So I'm um, curious to see what I say and people that are much smarter than me. In physics, I was a biology guy, not a physics guy. God, no. Um, but we'll be fun to see. Anyway, spacious rift, man. We went on a tangent there. And good morning, Nick. Just heard that Sean Payton led the NFL in red zone touchdown percentage at 62%. During his tenure at the Saints, it'd be great if the Broncos could be anywhere near that. I think the Broncos had the single worst red zone touchdown percentage in the NFL last season. They were dreadful turnovers. Uh, not the not Didn't have the ability to punch the ball in. Just, I mean, the... In the red zone, when it's obviously, duh, here's easy, but in the red zone, you have to either be able to be super physical and be able to punch the ball into the run game or be super meticulous and timing-wise and accurate in the quick pass game, uh, including those small windows, middle of the field. Guess what, guys? The Broncos sucked butt in both of those areas last year. They were super soft in the run game, and Russell Wilson, for his career, has been less than, uh, he's been subpar in uh, the quick pass game in the middle of the field. Those areas are all amplified in the red zone because everything gets condensed. So you better damn well, the Broncos better damn well be able to uh, get the uh, run game going this season and maybe get Russell Wilson's legs going a little bit more as well in the red zone. But uh, going to be interesting to follow this year. I mean, that's one of the things that the Broncos could just go from where they were last year in the red zone percentage to average. I mean, that should be a, a big uh, bump for this team overall. So excited to see what they can do in the red zone got to be better and having Sean Payton be that good is big. I think the it's part of the matchup football as well. He's been so good at that, but also investing the offensive line as much as the Saints did. And Drew Brees being one of the top five quick pass game quarterbacks I've watched in the last 15 years. I mean, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Peyton Manning. Those are the, you know, surgeon level uh, quick pass game operators. So in my head, I might, I might be missing somebody, but those guys are awesome at that. And in the red zone, that's it's a big thing. You got to get down there. And explosive plays are typically easier to get down there. But Broncos last season had some explosives. They were okay there. The yards per attempt were great, but not the quick pass game. And I saw that last year also. I saw a great graphic talking about the quick pass game. That uh, last season, the two quarterbacks with the highest yards per attempt and the highest average Yards expected per attempt, so based on where the uh, the routes were being run, the two highest in that category last season were Zach Wilson, who was just god-awful for the Jets, atrocious, maybe the worst quarterback in football last season, and Russell Wilson. The lowest two, the lowest two in yards per attempt and expected yards per attempt, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes. The deep ball is sexy. I get that, but if you, especially in today's NFL where everybody is mimicking Vic Fangio and their match quarters, heavy umbrella coverage on the back end defense, you better be able to create explosives with a quick pass game and then get those guys running lanes after that. I was surprised not to see Jimmy Garoppolo be down there and Brock Purdy given 
uh, how horizontal the uh, passing game has been for the 49ers. But uh, that's I think it's a very interesting stat. Uh, it's something to watch for. Maybe I can find that here and we can talk about that later. Sharon Washington coming in here saying our offense was bad, had a top five defense and had the number one red zone defense. People better not be surprised if we have a top 10 offense. I'll be surprised if it's top five. Top 10 would be great. I just, Jaron, I appreciate the comment, but last season, the defense, especially the last five weeks, fell off a cliff, and that correlated almost exactly to when the Broncos' offense started to put up points. So I'm curious to see what the balance looks like uh, for the Broncos on that side. Um, not sure uh, quite yet to see, uh, see how the defense responds. Also, I just I don't think they have the the horses up front on defense to be a dominant unit. They just, I don't see the alpha pass rusher on there. You know, that guy, that's a no doubt. Um, we just line him up and he's going to win his matchups. Maybe Randy Gregory, but can you depend on him? I hope so, man. He's really talented and fun when he's on the field, but I just don't know. And then the depth across the board. I mean, I just don't think it's a very talented depth, uh, unit up front there on the Broncos defensive line and edge rushers and defensive line included. So if they're a top 10 defense, that would be incredible. The other big thing is Vance Joseph. He's never coordinated. I don't think he's ever coordinated a top 10 scoring defense now. I'm much more of a fan of EPA per play and DVOA, but uh, still, I never really had a top 10 defense. So would be great if that's the case, but uh, we will see. Jeremy Sean St. Patrick is just is big, strong, reliable, all things a struggling quarterback needed. I also don't know if you guys saw that highlight when he was talking there, going back to... Uh, the comment from spacious rift, but how many of those were red zone touchdowns from Tim Patrick, just little crossers. I mean, he's a big body guy, physical. You need those guys to show up uh, in the, uh, the red zone and the Broncos just did not have that last season. So we'll see how it plays out. Sonny, Sonny Staley coming in saying Russell will definitely be better having Patrick. I think the offense will put up good numbers this year with Sutton, Judy, Patrick, uh, Sutton, Judy and Patrick will be the top receivers will be one of the top receiving groups. I hope so. I'm curious to see if there's enough of a volume in the pass game to be a top receiving group by the raw data, but maybe per attempt, if the Broncos can be rather than, you know, shooting their shot, you know, 40 times a game, but can be super efficient with the pass game. And so the per attempt being the de denominator that you are uh, basing it on, that would be great. I'd, I'd really rather have the most efficient wide receiver room than the best raw uh, passing yardage, receiving yardage group. Personally, uh, Jerron coming in saying Tim Patrick will be a huge factor. Bama X said the big thing here is how long it'll take for Timmy P to take return to form this year. Luckily, he did suffer his injury in August, so it's we're coming up on a full year here, but should be a big one. Lawrence Rivera saying was one of my favorite players before the injury. Lawrence also shout out new profile picture there. It's uh, I love the blue in the background, obviously, a cute kid as well. Uh, we also have Austin H saying Nick for time's sake, just assume we are last in every category on offense, last in watchability. That's for damn sure. Uh, pretty rough last season. Keith coming in saying, Nick, schematically speaking, what's the biggest change an average fan will notice? I think you're going to see a lot more under center this season. I think you're going to see a lot more play action. And I think you're going to see a lot more running the football uh, overall. So that'll be a big change. I'm curious to see. I think it's going to be, it's going to be more of a power oriented running game as well uh, versus the outside zone that Hackett was supposed to bring. Um, but I think that's probably the biggest one schematically for the Broncos, unless you're talking defensively. Uh, but I think the matchup football more under center looks from Russell Wilson and uh, less volume in the past game is what I am expecting this season. They're going to try to grind out some football games, 
with the offensive line infrastructure uh, that they added. Bruce McGinnis coming in saying, I really think our quick pass game would be better with Stidham. I think the offense would be better in general Stidham. I just don't like anything about Russ. Russ is going to get a chance. I mean, he's still, he still has had some incredible seasons, obviously, how many Pro Bowls he had. Uh, very talented quarterback. Last season was abysmal. Uh, partially, I think it's because he wasn't the quarterback, style of quarterback uh, that he thought he was, and um, probably had too much creative control on the offense. So now you brought in a guy who has some authority in that room, can come in and say, no, this is how it's going to be run. This is what you're good at. And hopefully Russell Wilson also kind of had his third eye opened, so to speak, understanding the uh, the struggles that he had last season. If he wants to go and you know create this giant legacy that can feed on itself for the rest of his life and generations to come, probably already can do that with Sierra attached as well. But uh, from the football perspective, he's going to have to obviously play much better than last season. And I think that goes back to more power football, play action down the field, Russell Wilson being athletic and escaping from time to time, and just really listening to what um, Sean Payton has to say and push him towards, but it's going to be interesting um, to follow. No doubt. Cristiano coming in saying, I just pray the offensive line will be great. That will open up everything. If you have an offensive line that you can rely on each and every week, it pretty much means you can impose your will schematically on what teams you're going against. Uh, the team last season that really makes me think about this was the Detroit Lions. Now their defense finished bottom three in the NFL last year. I think they improved a little bit down the stretch, but they were they were terrible defensively. Offensively, though, I mean their offensive line, they were just able to do whatever they wanted um, schematically. Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator, there probably be a head coach this time next season. So. Uh, if you have a great offensive line, it makes everything else easier. You can run the football. It's always in your back pocket. You can call some longer developing plays on the offensive line. I'll get beat sometimes. It's just the nature of the game. They're going up against some incredible athletes on the defensive line. But offensive line being great would change things a lot. I don't think we are going to have a great offensive line this season, but I think the Broncos are in that, like, if we were, if we were four tiers, you know, one, two, A, B, C, D, or one being the best, four being the worst. I think the Broncos have a good chance to be in that tier two uh, for offensive line this year, but we'll see. Um, first time offensive line coach, Zach Streif, 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 Streif. Uh, so got some questions there, but we'll see how it plays out. Um, we also got David Bishop coming in. So I was just thinking about who's getting cut. It's telling that we, you didn't mention KJ when you're listening to receivers. I'd hate to see him go, but maybe Josie too. crowded rooms and who they DR Josie's going to stick around. Uh, he's the green dot guy on that defense. Um, his contract is out after this season. And I'd be surprised unless somebody wants to trade a valuable pick for him. And by valuable, I mean like a third or fourth rounder then and eat the salary. Then maybe we can have a discussion there. Uh, but I think you're probably, especially given how new uh, Drew Sanders is to the linebacker spot, it's probably going to be Sanders getting a rotational year and then taking Josie Jewell's spot in 2024 would be my assumption. Uh, but we'll see. And yeah, I didn't mention KJ really pulling for KJ Hamler. Great guy. Uh, it's gone through a lot, really talented too, but like have, hasn't been on the field. I don't even, I don't even think about him in the Broncos wide receiver room. That would be such a pleasant surprise uh, if he showed up and was something this year, but they, they even traded up to draft a smaller down the field guy. Just seems like they're not, uh, how could they count on him? And they don't, they're not counting on him uh, this year. I also got cap for life saying, does Denver have interest in Dalvin cook? All caps there. And also, good morning, beautiful people with the dolphin there. Yeah, aloha, cap for life. Um, I think the Broncos still would have some interest in Dalvin Cook, but I heard his camp is asking for, what, $10 million a year? Broncos don't got $10 million a year to give out to a 
injured aging running back, especially when you have so many still available. So uh, we're waiting on that one, but maybe he could be available. Uh, we'll see. And uh, just getting back to Tim Patrick. So I am really curious to see how the wide receiver positions play out in terms of roles this season. Uh, Cause last year it really seemed like Jerry Judy was somewhat unlocked uh, when he went to the boundary more so than the slot and more of that X spot uh, where he's not very physical, but because he's so quick in his feet, he can get off press uh, pretty well. You know, he's very slippery in that regard. And he, let's just call it as it is. Jerry Judy, not very good in contested catch situations, not a good blocker. What are, where are those two areas? Very important. The slot in today's NFL. It's not this, uh, you know, Wes Welker, Peyton Manning offense where you're isolating those guys against a linebacker and it's the quick pass game. No, teams are bringing down these safeties or cornerbacks there. And um, the smaller, shifty wide receivers, they still have a role in the NFL, but that type of, you know, short catch the ball, fall down, quick uh, wide receiver kind of falling off a little bit. Teams are going to more of the big bodies uh, in the tight end spot. Guys who are physical, who are almost tight end wide receiver hybrids. I mean, Drake London out there in Atlanta, big body. Uh, we saw with Alan Lazard a few times. I mean, what the uh, Chiefs did with Juju Smith-Schuster, huge body type. Um, I mean, for goodness sake, Travis Kelsey is a slot receiver, right? A uh, Cooper Cup slot, but he is big. He's a big dude out there blocking physical. So that position has changed. And that makes me think that Judy, talented player, not that, not that type. Maybe the more old school slot type, but not where we're at right now with the bigger uh, physical guy. So put Judy out a little bit further. Let him get some space to roam. He can be a little bit more of a vertical threat too. We saw that last season. And he doesn't have to worry as much about the dealing with traffic, dealing with contested catches, more playing on an island. Uh, I think that'd be good for Judy. And the question then becomes, Colton Sutton versus Tim Patrick in those three wide receiver sets. Who's playing slot? Quick Quickness still matters, obviously there, but physicality, contested catch, and blocking. If you want to be able to run the football out of 11 personnel, for God's sake, your slot receiver has to block. Um, and Cortland Sutton last season was an okay blocker uh, years prior, but last year there were so many plays, screens, quick runs, where Sutton would just straight up freaking whiff on plays. So maybe Tim Patrick becomes a little bit more of a, a, a slot guy as well. I'm, I'm very curious uh, to see how 11 personnel shakes out and what the majority of alignment of these guys are. Maybe it ends up being Mims there because yeah, he, he, even though he's small, he does give it his all as, hey, a blocker out there um, and can provide some speed from that spot. Not the not the close area stuff, but more, you know, slot fades and whatnot or deep crossers. Uh, but going to be fascinating. Who is the slot receiver? Who plays there the most? I don't know. Uh, I'm just really going to be curious. Keith Brugman coming in and saying, thanks, Nick, for bringing Broncos coverage to my morning. Have a great day. Thank you very much. You have a great day as well. Tinder saying Dalvin Cook wants too much money. All caps. We appreciate that with the LOL. Good to see you. And Sonny Staley coming in and saying he's hopes to get a win against the uh, Raiders and the Chiefs this season. I bet you the Broncos will beat the Raiders. Raiders look pretty damn terrible. This function's already seeping in there, but could be interesting. And Jeremy coming in saying Dulcich could be a slot guy as well. He could be. I was just more so talking about the wide receivers in those positions, but I'm expecting to see Dulcich utilized a lot in the slot uh, in line as well as is an up-back, H-back uh, position out of the backfield, especially given the comments from uh, Sean Payton a few weeks ago, almost a month ago. Uh, so it will be, will be very interesting to see how it plays out. But Dulcich is going to get some slot work as well, without a doubt. But when it's wide receivers, how does the pecking order shake out? Michael Ronquillo, great show today. Nick, I'm Broncos for Breakfast. Thank you so much, Michael. We appreciate you. 
Um, we also have uh, Bam X and the thing is when Denver actually made a priority to get him the ball, ironically enough, it opened up the offense. Yeah. I mean, you're correct with that. Hopefully they can continue to do that. Maybe something clicked with Judy as well. I mean, it looked like he was well on his way to being that in that Tennessee game and he got hurt on the first or second drive uh, and then kind of lost some momentum as well uh, for the season. But then he came back. So I'm, this is a, you know, bleep or get off the pot kind of year for Judy, uh, especially if he wants to get a big second contract. And I think, I mean, you can always have the excuse of the quarterback of the quarterbacks playing poorly. Uh, but I think they, what we saw last season from Judy should give some hope and at least give some ideas uh, for Broncos offensive minds going forward of how to better utilize Jerry Judy. Cause again, more of a prototype long, like 10 years ago slot, but the game has changed, um, especially with teams playing more uh, nickel and dime out there with cornerbacks and safeties, manning that slot position. Offenses are counteracting with bigger, more physical bodies in the slot versus, you know, your Wes Welker, Julian Edelman types of the world. So going to be fascinating to follow. I cannot wait. Uh, Shane Hanna coming in here saying, good morning, Nick. Love the new graphics. <sighs> it's I couldn't figure out how to change it from the jazz one, but I appreciate it. we got black and gold going on. So go Hawks, I guess. Um, do you think we can go four and one or four and two or five and one in the division? I think five and one is a huge ask considering how tough it's going to be, uh, in the division, but four and two, I think is possible. You just got to be able to steal one against the chiefs. I don't think you sweep the chargers and sweep the, uh, the chiefs. Uh, but, uh, four and two is certainly possibly, but as soon as they beat the chiefs once, then you got a chance, but as cliche as it is one game at a time, you know, just win that first one and then get the ball rolling. Cause as we saw last season, it can get away from you pretty quickly. Uh, we have Sonny coming in saying Patrick's number one, Sutton's two, and Judy's three. Yeah, I think it's Judy one, Patrick two A, Sutton two B. Uh, but it's going to be fun to see. Austin H. Hey Nick, how crazy is Club Dub going to be this year with Sean Payton? Hopefully, it's going to be super crazy, uh, but not too much. Um, Bama X coming in first drive, first play, wide open, safety bit on the post. Judy broke on the corner route. Quarterbacks got to hit him as well, right? That's the bigger thing. Uh, Jamal Killings, good morning, Nick. Uh, in Broncos country. Good to see you, uh, Jamal. Hope you're doing well. Appreciate you. Um, and Jeremy saying, yeah, I'm sure the defense just instinctively just gravitates towards the bigger receiver. I think they do a pretty good job of identifying where the best guy is and rolling coverage that way, depending on what the call is. Uh, but yeah, it will be, will be interesting to see how teams play it too. I mean, early on in the season, it's a lot of feeling it out and kind of figuring out these teams are trying to figure out who they are as much as who they're going against. Uh, but you'll start to get a little bit more of those chess matches uh, when the, when players really start to identify themselves as difference makers on this Broncos offense and where the connections and chemistries are between the quarterback and the playmakers. So will be a lot of fun uh, to see that. And again, one of the most intriguing things for me, will Russell Wilson bounce back? Yes. What does Russell Wilson look like? Yes. That's the biggest question in Broncos country. If not one of the biggest ones, in the entire NFL, but just more internally and, uh, I guess long-term perspective, not long-term, but just more the immediate perspective. Uh, how does the wide receiver and the pass catchers shake out? And do the Broncos shop any of them for the season? It's going to be interesting. Uh, Michael Ronquillo saying these Facebook stars are for Nick. I'll take them. There we go. They're mine now. Um, saying as as always, bring in great, great Broncos content for Broncos country. Go Broncos. Uh, thank you very much. And uh, we also got Donald coming in here. D Money saying where does the Galloway... Uh, Callaway, I think is, I mean, um, where does Marquise Callaway figure in since he was brought in by Sean Payton? 
I think Callaway is somebody who can come in and knows what Sean Payton wants to do, has some familiarity in the system and what a Sean Payton camp looks like. And I think because you can have veterans on the practice squad now, somebody who's stashed down there um, that can come up if you need to. But I don't think he's, especially after the Broncos brought in, uh, gosh, Marvin Mims, drafted, traded up for him. Tim Patrick seems to be on the right course. I think the areas for Callaway to make the team are slim, especially because when you're talking about wide receiver four, five, six, kind of those guys, they better damn well be special teams guys. And I don't think Callaway is that uh, at this point of his, uh, at this point of his career. Uh, Sonny coming in. How long do you think the leash is for Russ before he gets pulled for Stidham? That's going to be partially going to be on how Stidham's playing as well. Uh, so we'll have a chance in uh, training camp and especially preseason to kind of see where, how the offense functions with both of these guys, especially if they're playing with the starters. But I think you're going to see him get probably four to six weeks, unless it's just absolutely terrible. But given how much the Broncos invested in the run game around Wilson, I think that Russell Wilson's going to play and look much better this year because it's just not going to be as dependent on him to be a Peyton Manning type, to be a Tom Brady type. You know, he's 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 going to play off of the rushing game, uh, and that's when he's been at his best. Austin H, and we're going to start to wrap it on up here because we're almost at uh, 8.30 Mountain Time, and I am starting to get a little bit hoarse, uh, saying, Nick, what's the best Russ could do that wouldn't warrant him staying next year? What's the best Russ could do that wouldn't warrant him staying next year? That's been a question I've been thinking about a lot. Well, first off, I think the question is the locker room stuff. Is he uh, connecting with those guys? How is the shift from losing his offense office back down to the clubhouse? Uh, the locker room going to change things. I think that dynamic is a big part of it, and that's off the field. Uh, the other one is you need to see him be at least like 2.5 to 1 interceptions. You need to see him you know, average about 220, uh, 240 passing yards a game, and you just need to see him be confident. The offense needs to be better. needs to be able to run the offense. Also, he has to be good in doing what Sean Payton wants, matchups. If he's if Sean Payton's dialing up specific matchups and Russell Wilson is not seeing it on the field, and even if the numbers are okay uh, out there, I could see Sean Payton you know, being pretty damn annoyed with that because you're leaving meat on the bone. Uh, so what that looks like, how, how he's dealing with Sean Payton and what they are seeing, what Sean Payton's seeing based on what he's calling, and if Russell Wilson is able to take advantage of that. So, so many questions. There's just so many factors. That's the thing about football, man. It is... So darn complicated. It's an intricate dance every single play uh, with so many guys doing different things. Everybody needs to do well. Uh, we also got Bama X saying, now nah, two or three drives each preseason game and to the bench you go. I, I do think the Broncos, I mean, they, they're not going to totally rest their players in preseason. I think there's going to be one where you see them get maybe even a half, uh, but will be fun to follow. Uh, Sonny Staley coming in and Nick, I also live in Washington State. I'm sure the Broncos do better than the Sea Pigeons. That's uh that's done done and dead for me. I don't give a hoot about the Seahawks. If they want to give me crap. Some people in the office do. Uh, then God bless them. Good luck. I'm a little bit annoyed about the picks you took from us, but uh, is what it is. What it is. Uh, so guys, I'm probably gonna get on out of here. Um, it's I'm approaching 45 minutes now. It's uh 8:30 Mountain Time, and I gotta figure out what's going on with my headset and uh, get the show on the road. So appreciate everybody coming. And make sure you're following me on Twitter at Nick Kendall MHH. Also follow us at uh, B BFB underscore pod, as well as at mile high huddle. If you haven't done so yet, join us at facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. And as the ticker says here underneath, please subscribe, like, and share, uh, on YouTube, hit that bell. So that way, you know, when we go live, 
Again, talk today about uh, James Palmer on NFL Network mentioning how Tim Patrick is being somewhat slept on and could emerge as the Broncos' number one wide receiver. How he, a lot of people think he's a great football player in that in that uh, organization, or have said that, as well as uh, his rapport with Russell Wilson prior to the injury. It seems like a pretty deep wide receiver room. There is no true, without a doubt, number one on this team right now, but maybe we have three number twos. Maybe Judy emerges as a number one. Maybe Marvin Mims emerges as a dude. He seems a little bit more of a complimentary piece that an offense, you want to have that kind of guy than being the guy, uh, but going to be very, very, very interesting uh, to follow this season for the Broncos weapons. And Tim Patrick, we keep mentioning Sutton. We talk a lot about Judy, but Tim Patrick is a little bit of a dark horse right now. Hopefully he's healthy. Maybe he ends up being that dude. Appreciate everyone coming in today. Uh, as I always like to say, when I wrap up these shows, continue to choose kindness and compassion. I know it's pretty tough out there. Uh, sometimes some people are pretty, uh, pretty darn rude, but they're all people right at the end of the day. We're all people. Uh, so like I said, just keep that in the back of your mind, kindness and compassion, kindness and compassion, and, uh, have a great rest of your day. Go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com